Welcome to Go Into All the World. Now here's your host, Gary Griffinhagen. Hey, Russ, listen, thanks a lot. You know, I've already invited you, and I just wanted you to know I'm going to invite you to stay, so we're going to talk a little bit and kind of introduce a new format. Um, I want to kind of come up with a different format I've mentioned in a program or two ago, but I want to kind of like finalize it today and kind of bring it out in this radio show and podcast. Just kind of a new uh, introduction to the show, kind of a continuity is what you're trying to achieve, I guess. Yeah, you know, most programs, most radio programs, Russ, they have some type of a pattern. Maybe they have somebody else from the ministry or they have some music or they've got something recorded that kind of introduces the message or, hey, this is Pastor Bob and he's going to talk on 1 Corinthians today or something like that. And a lot of times I just kind of break into it. And I think that was fine for a while, but I've kind of felt not so much convicted, but I found, you know, I've got to get this, maybe not the word professional, but just kind of tear, get it down a little bit more of, a, of an order and have some kind of a presentation and such and let people know this is how it's going to go and flow. So, so what, what is that format going to kind of look like? Well, I want to really want to divide it into three parts. And again, I mentioned a little bit before, and I think, I, you know, I've been on the show for a couple years now. And I really done a lot of stories and tar- kind of some, some, if you want to call it some targeted doctrinal items, you know, the, like about Catholics or what do the LDS believe or kind of follow, a little bit about Muslims, you know, and their beliefs. And then I had this series on ex-evangelicals. And I think that as I've been kind of, and I'm not sure, again, I'm convicted about this, but I just feel like I really want to share with people, first of all, the first part of the program is how to walk the Christian walk or how to live the Christian life. Then I want to go into part two would be kind of present doctrine, and part three would be st- stories. And I think that it's it's a very important. Um, I think I mentioned it before the program that you know I'm encouraging people to go use their faith, but if their life and their walk maybe aren't solid, or maybe there's some gaps or something like that, it can make it difficult to share your faith, and it can be a little bit difficult anyways. But if you get your walk solid and you get your, if you want to call it some knowledge of the word and here's how I kind of, you know, kind of live my day or kind of walk my day out and then I'm going to go out and evangelize, then if you have difficulty, you'll have an ability to kind of like, oh, step back, maybe pray about a matter, uh, maybe resist some of the stuff that comes in your head, some of the, oh, you should have done this, you couldn't have done that, or they don't like you and that kind of junk. But I think what God wants us to do, Ross, is just kind of retool and then represent the good news. So, you're right. That's that's a good, good plan. I know with uh, trying to bring on, you know, new programs and just putting on events, you know, like the Holy Concert, um, various things. There's there's just a lot of times when I have to step away, just take some time with the Lord, you know, read some good books, you know, get into God's Word. Um, just got to kind of recalibrate, you know, and, and keep my, my walk solid um, and just just kind of reset my, my uh, kind of get, get a reset, you know, like we do that on our right. phones and our computers, we have to turn the thing off yeah. for a little bit and turn it back on, you know, <laughs> sure. and then we can better handle all the spiritual warfare that goes into living in a fallen world. Amen. Amen. That's very right. Well, I think, again, what you're saying, Russ, is, is very true about our walk. We do live in a fallen world. We do have tests. We have trials. Maybe sometimes you're just, quote, mistakes or just kind of just different challenges and stuff. And one of the points I always want to make is that sometimes the, the, the source, if you want to call it that, or 
how this trial or test is initiated is not under our control. Now, if it is, obviously we want to kind of change things or kind of, oh, I got to do this instead of that or da-da-da-da-da. But if it's not, we have to be able to go with the flow and kind of, like you say, reset, reprogram. We can't just not program. We can't just not evangelize. We've got to kind of reset things. Okay, I'm going to get God's peace. Then I'm going to go back out into the world or go tape a show or something. Yeah. Well, you know, last week you were talking about Romans 8.28, you know, that God works together all things for good for those who love him. And so for those who are called by him and all. And so that's a real powerful verse. We we don't want to twist that. We want to we want to get that right. So you gave us some examples of how the Lord's been impressing that verse on you recently just through some things going on in your life, some examples. Well, you know, I mentioned last week and this is very important. I remember at the end of the time or if you remember the program last week, I basically kind of sat there from 4 to 5 and was supposed to be in a meeting. And as the meeting ended, I just felt the Holy Spirit said, I don't want you to complain. Don't get off on that, you know, if you want to call it messed up tangent or this didn't work or kind of get negative. And he was just showing me, look, I, I can work all things together for good, like you say. And he didn't actually quote that to me, but he said, I don't want you to complain. And remember the stories that he worked through me as I went to Sam's Club, um, buy some desserts, which was kind of good. But then I ended up meeting a sister in the Lord, and that was really neat because she can follow up with this other employee at Sam's Club, the one that I've been trying to share with and have been sharing with for about, say, three or four weeks. And it's much easier for her to follow up because she's worked with this person. She's right there. And I was like, wow, I met this person and got these nice desserts all because I didn't complain, and God led me by Sam's Club after that meeting that didn't work. Again, so if we don't allow ourselves rusty, if you want to call it get down, get negative, you know, which might cause us, in my understanding, it causes you to miss God. It's not so much he doesn't want you to grumble and complain, that's true, but he wants you to see him. And so if we kind of get negative and kind of get into ourselves or the situation, or I'm complaining to Russ, he's going, Gary, you just walk right by this Christian girl that works at Sam's Club that I want you to meet. Shut up and you know, let's get with the program. Um, and you can see, too, if you have somebody that, that works at a, at a place that you're sharing with somebody else, they're there. They're, they know if the person's schedule changes. They can sense with the person. Maybe they have, there'd be a good time to share with them. They kind of sense their feeling. Uh, maybe they can kind of, you know, have like a conversation where if someone like me comes by, what if they change their schedule? What if they're not there that day? What if they're on break? And I always tell people, I want you to try to follow up. But, you know, this is something that God worked out where it makes it a lot easier. And by the way, the desserts, I took them to the dinner meeting and they loved them. The people loved them. So that, that right. was pretty good. That was pretty good, too. So as we move along here today, we're, we're just kind of doing like a, yeah, an outline for succeeding programs. So tell me, what, what does that look like going, okay. going forward? Well, um, again, the first step, I want to give some insights and, and some steps and some practical living steps is how to live as a believer. Uh, how do you live the Christian life and how do you walk the walk? Um, it's very, very important that we learn that and we kind of get into a pattern, a pattern that God sets up. Again, not something that's kind of binding us or you got to do this, you got to do that, but try to get into a flow. The next thing, the part I want to make sure I teach and present doctrine and doctrinal truths. You know, the more that I share, the more that I understand, Russ, is that I need to know the word so I can explain the word. 
Um, when I'm on the streets just talking to somebody casually, tell them Jesus loves you and a few things, that's fine. But when I sit down and say something I call maybe a hardcore LDS or a very well-trained Catholic or Muslim, you ought to have a lot of in, in, you know, say information, maybe ammunition in, in you know that you have because they're going to be able to talk and they're going to ask you questions and maybe they're going to explore. Well, what do you mean by I'm not saved by, I'm not saved by work? Well, how do work say? And Jesus said this. And how about this verse? And they bring all these things up. So I want to be able to, so to speak, bring this information to people and give them as much as they can, Ross. And another thing um, I mentioned a few times that sometimes people reject what you say. And back in the day, I would say when somebody said that to me, I might, uh, you know, didn't know much about the faith. I might say something like, well, uh, hey, Jesus loves you or, you know, hey, I hope you think about this. Or, Well, now when somebody says that to me, I start silently praying and I try to share again or I try to step back a little bit and maybe go back for a day or two or maybe wait a few minutes and then try again. And one thing that I know about the Word is we're sharing and we're presenting eternal truths. They don't change. They don't go away. They stand the test of time, and they stand the test of rejection. So if we present these, we can know and have for us full confidence, and we present them in love and with some fervor, some, if you want to call it, some, some pointedness, some, some, if you want to say, that I want to be effective, I want to share this word, not against some casual kind of hope they type do it. No, I know these truths will change lives. These are eternal truths. These are not passing thoughts, like say talking about the score last night in the game or yesterday's weather or something like that. So as I know these are eternal truths, I can go back to them even if they reject it the first time and say, listen, I want to share something this with you or I want to represent this to you. Because again, these are eternal truths that go through, okay, the soul and the spirit. They divide the soul and the spirit. And we want people to hear these truths so they can make a decision, Russ, or at least begin to contemplate God. Well, isn't it cool when God puts on your heart like he did on my heart at the gas station yesterday and at the restaurant I was at just today? And I just felt like God wanted me to just, just give them a little invite card for the Holvey concert. You know, I just, it was real simple. I just walked up to it, but it's when God really moves though, you know, and then you're focused on that eternal aspect of right. our life, right? you know, and um you know, we don't know if someone's going to get saved through that necessarily, but we know they need the gospel. We know that uh, that there's 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 power in in that obedience to the Holy Spirit's direction. You know, when we're when we're obeying Him and we're just we're just opening our mouth just a little bit. You know, just giving it a little invite, <laughs> invite people to, to read something or listen to something right. or go to your go to your church. You know, it's just real. It's not that hard. You know, Russ, I, I just love what you just shared. I think it's a wonderful way. It's like right off, off your heart. You know, God kind of put it in your heart to talk to these two people or give them a card or something like that. And that's exactly what you're saying. It's just simple things like that. Again, it has eternal value and these are eternal truths. But it doesn't have to be. We have to be some kind of great orator or Billy Graham or something like that. We can just share with people, like you say, just right off the top. And I think that's what God wants. Is He just wants His people to spontaneously love Himself and spontaneously love others. Um, would, would you want to share a story uh, right now as to something more recent, a young man's life, I think that you were going to share? Yeah, definitely. Well, listen, let me make one more point. And I'll, I, always, I always want to kind of encourage people. I'm going to share a story about a young man that the word was planted in him at a young age. And uh, he unfortunately took a 
had a night out, if you want to call it that, in the town. He'd had a very bad injury. And, uh, you know, he had something very tragic happen to him. But just like we said last week, God works all things together for good, okay? Um, before I get into that, I want to encourage people, too, that, you know, I see a lot of lives touched. And I've mentioned this to you, Russ, that a lot of times when I first started out, it was just to evangelize. I wasn't like trying to, how do people get healed or give them a word of wisdom, a word of knowledge, or get them out of this situation or that. I just thought I'd go out and talk to people. Well, God kind of gives you that spirit of getting involved, and he's, he's going, you know, he said, the Bible says do good to all, including the household of faith first. So he wants us to be involved with those. And I can see that as you get this idea that God's sending you, kind of like you at the restaurant and the other place yesterday, you're going to be, get, you're going to be I should say, the listeners of the people that kind of follow us, they're going to get involved with lies. And they'll begin, if you want to call it, go expecting. And they're going to be ready in season and out. And they're going to see lives touched. You know, and I think it's so exciting to see people either come to the Lord or maybe their walk was furthered or maybe they weren't a problem, Russ. And by the grace of God, you shared something or you maybe brought up a scripture or kind of pointed them away, you know, or kind of take them out of that little lethargic thing, that little attack they were having. And they either got healed or they got touched or their lives were changed, okay? And again, the intent is to go. Well, the story I wanted to mention today, okay, again, it kind of follows up about giving God thanks in all things and trusting he'll work all things together for good. The person I was talking about, he was a professional soccer player, basically just started his career. His brother was also a professional soccer player, so he was kind of excited. This guy had been like an all-city player, all-college and all this kind of thing, so he had a lot going on for him. Now, he did grow up in a Christian home, so he had some faith and he knew the faith, well, unfortunately, very, very early in his career, he, he suffered what we might call a potential or very serious injury that could also, if you want to call that, be career-ending, all right? And uh, he took it very hard, and it was just kind of his dream to be this, and again, his brother's already doing it, and, you know, he just kind of went through something, and one evening, instead of, like, talking to the Lord, I guess some friends invited him out, or they went out for a couple drinks or something like that, and he would really... He didn't say if he drank a lot or anything, but this was just kind of one of those kind of nights. And uh, it's not necessarily wrong to drink, but we want to be careful and we want to be put in harm's way. And we don't want to like drown our sorrows, okay, in drinks. We want to drown our sorrows or give our sorrows to the Lord. Um, One or two drinks is one thing, but you get a whole lot more and it can be a little bit dangerous. Um, So you might ask me, well, Matt, I'm sorry, Russ, what happened to this young man? Well, first of all, I'll give you his name as Matt. I kind of was praying about it, and I felt it was okay to mention his name. And by the way, I saw the story in a Christian magazine just between last week and now, so I thought, here's a great example of God working something together for good. Well, he kind of sat around at the bar. It turns out he knew the bartender, and the brother, bartender knew his brother, and he, he had a couple extra drinks, and instead of passing them around, he just took a few more here and there, and finally decided, oh, i got to get going home. So he got on an expressway in his back east, east coast area, and he kind of just clipped a minivan. Not bad, but just enough, you know, maybe to throw the minivan off. Well, he messed up and crashed, okay, and it turned out the minivan also crashed, and the police arrested him right away, and he was kind of in a fog, he said. And he was, I don't know if he's in a hospital bed or something like that or at the station, but he began to hear this radio, uh, if you want to call it contact, or some back and forth between the police that, oh, yeah, this happened and that happened. And, yeah, the guy in the minivan. And 
About 3.30 or 4, he heard these words that, hey, the guy in the minivan passed away. He was the father of six. And right away, he knew, okay, <laughs> he knew that his world had changed, all right? Um, this is, <clears throat> I want to give a quote from the article. And here's what it said. Here, here, here he is sitting in a hospital or sitting somewhere, maybe in a jail cell or in the police station. He just realized this man died. So now it was not just a crash. Now it was a fatality, something very, very serious. But here's what the article in the magazine said. It said, but God, with his deep pockets of mercy and redemption, had a different story for Matt in the lives of others. Well, here's what Matt did. He took the most severe plea bargain he could. He wanted to be part of a highway safety program so he could go out and speak, or the, the program would have him go out and speak to young people. And when the sheriffs, who kind of okay people to prove this, they were a little bit skeptical, like, why are you going to do this? Do you just want a lighter sentence? you want to try to get off? you want some sympathy? And he said, you know, I want you to allow me to speak because I've already taken a plea bargain, and I want to do this because I think it's the right thing to do. Um, as we go on here, Ross, we can see that this young man owned up to his crime and was willing to help others, even though it meant a more severe sentence. And again, maybe that wasn't clear, is that that plea bargain he took was the most severe sentence he could take. He didn't even try to get something less. He said, this is what I did, and this is what happened. Well, let's talk a little bit about the, fam the father's family. And so he, well, I should, I should interject here. He did go out speaking. He was very successful at it, and it was actually invited back quite a bit. So I think it was very good for the sheriffs and the whole department that this guy, he, he caused obviously some a fatality and a lot of grief, but he's doing a good thing. And here's what happened to the sentencing and how good, how good God is and how much he has our back. At the sentencing, the family got up and they started talking to Matt and They'd stolen things from him, and they were mad about this and mad about that. And they were kind of speaking out their grief. Well, then the eldest son came up to spoke, and he started out yelling, saying, you destroyed my world. You did this, and you did that. But all of a sudden, this eldest son just paused, and he said, I'm going to forgive you, my brother. I just forgive you. And he walked over, and he hugged Matt right there in the, in the courtroom. Well, here's what happened to Matt. He just said all the shame, all the guilt, all that humiliation, all the weight and the burden all went away. And he began to see how God took a bad situation but worked it for good. Well, let's see a little bit further how God worked the situation for good. Well, he began, Matt said he began, this was like in October, the, the sentencing or fall, that by January he was like in a honeymoon with Jesus. Everything he knew intellectually about the Bible and his faith, it became, and all the upbringing he had, it became very real. It went, and this is something we've always said for a lot of us, it went from my mind to my heart. And I'm sure some of you listening, you know that kind of story. When you have something up here in your mind, and you kind of know it's true, but it's never been in your heart. You know, a number of years ago when my stepdaughter was killed in a car accident, a couple years after that, God kind of challenged me and said, do you think she's with me? And I thought, just like Matt, I thought intellectual, boy, I know she is because, you know, to be died here, you know, absent from the body is present with the Lord. But then I thought about it for two or three days. And I remember coming back to the Lord going, yeah, I know she's with you. And I, I could tell it was in my heart. So all these things that Matt had done as a kid, the scriptures he had memorized, everything he said became life to his soul. 
And he said, you know what, I'm going to dedicate my time. I think he had four and a half years to serve. I think they, they gave him a 10 or 15 year sentence. But he actually got out after four and a half years. And he said, I'm going to dedicate my time to love and serving inmates. And many of these inmates came to know Christ, and one of them was a former mobster. So this was kind of a big deal, all right? So again, he's in for these four and a half months. He's going to do the best he can, and he doesn't think, he didn't realize he's going to, I'm sorry, four and a half years, he doesn't realize it's going to get out that fast. But he just kept sharing his faith with others. Um, wow. We're talking about a guy who really surrendered um, the consequences of what happened in his life, but how God turned all things together for good. He did, didn't he? Didn't he? Yeah, he yes. really did. I mean, that's a perfect example of something that would look like it wasn't going to do much good at all, but yet God turned that awful situation into something where um, so much fruit, you know, so much so much amazing fruit was was right. was experienced by mm-hmm. what what Matt did with his situation. He he embraced Romans eight twenty eight. You know, Russ, I'm so glad again that you brought that specific scripture up. We kind of mentioned it, but now people can write that down. They can look it up, and they can kind of put it in their hearts. Because here we talked about it a week or so ago. Now this is a actually this is a major concrete story versus me. So you find somebody at Sam's Club to help me witness to somebody. Here's a young man that like lost his career. He killed somebody. He's facing, you know, maybe a 10 or 15 year sentence or something like that. But yet he didn't, so to speak, give up. He didn't like grumble. He didn't complain. He didn't turn away from the Lord. He turned to God and the, so to speak, the things that had been brought up, like you said, in his life, that fruit that had been, those seeds that had been planted there, they came to root. They went from his mind, okay, to his heart. And he began to live that and walk that, if you want to call it, live and walk that life out. And this is so encouraging. I want to just encourage anybody listening today. You may be in a difficult situation, but I encourage you, don't grumble about it. Don't complain about it. There's going to be times when there's pressure, and I know I've been going through a trial in a couple areas for about three, four years. And there's been some times, to be honest with you, I've either grumbled or complained or just maybe kind of got down more than that stuff. And I'm realizing, Gary, you, you don't want to do that. You just you don't want to try to, you want to resist Satan and resist getting into those things, or even if it's difficult. And just begin to say, God, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to find some promises in your word. And I'm going to look at those promises rather than, so to speak, my situation. And that's what God wants all of us to do. You know, when Abraham and all these guys that we see that that had such tremendous faith, or if you want to call them in Hebrews 11, the kind of the Hall of Fame, you know, Abraham set out and he didn't know where he was going. And you remember Noah, he built a boat, but he didn't even, they didn't ever seen rain. Okay, what's this boat's gonna? What am I gonna do with this boat? You know, and didn't have necessarily a purpose for it. And it was people, I'm sure, that like kind of made fun of him and stuff since they'd never seen rain. And we could tell some of these other guys, you know, Joseph, he got thrown in there, then he got thrown into prison, you know, got it kind of got that way. So these people began to take the God's word, even though they didn't see anything. It's like Matt in jail; he didn't see anything. All right, but they didn't grumble, they didn't complain, and, you know, God worked for good. Well, let me finish up today with the rest of the story about Matt. You know, he was speaking, and a Christian ministry heard about him speaking in schools and churches. And they were very impressed, and they said, hey, we'd like you to come to our ministry and minister some of our use once he got out, okay? 
And guess what? God opened the door. He's now a full-time teaching pastor and full-time ministry. And he said, you know, I never, ever dreamed I would do this. I never, ever thought I would, like, be where I'm at. And he still goes out and speaks in schools and prisons and stuff like that. And God uses him, and God uses him mightily. So here we see a tragic situation, or very, very tragic situation. And obviously the family lost that, their dad. But, you know, they, they came up, the eldest son came up and hugged him and said, we're going to make it. I, they, they must have been believers, too, because he said, my brother. So I assume that guy was a believer, too. But what man did is he took the word, he shared his faith with others in prison, and he sought God. So that's what we want to do. We want to continue to seek God even while we're in prison, even while we're like in a situation that's not, you know, we don't see the end of it. We don't see maybe a good end to it or how am I going to get out of this or how long is it going to take like Noah to build this thing or Abraham, where am I going? I don't know. And Moses, is the Red Sea going to part? Yeah, is it going to stay parted long enough? I don't, you know, all these kind of questions. But again, think about Matt today as you go into all the world yourself. Here he was in a bad situation. Now he's a teaching pastor. He's still speaking. hes I, I saw a picture of he and his wife, and I guess they have a couple kids. He looked like God had greatly blessed him in a difficult situation. Well, God bless you today. I hope this story ministered to you and hope some of the teaching ministered to you. And we'll look to see you next week as we go into all the world. Thanks for joining us here on Go Into All the World. You've been listening to AM820, 95.3 FM and 103.9 FM or on our streaming app at truthnetwork.com. Thanks for joining us.